0: So I've got a question for you. Have you ever been to the circus before? Has anybody ever been to the circus before? Have any of the adults been to the circus before? Yeah. Has any of the adults ever performed in a circus before? No. Got one of my clients just now, one of my clients last year uh, was a circus performer. Circus performer, my goodness. I'd go and I'd ring these doorbells and it'd go. <laughs> <laughs> so, who can tell me? Maybe you've seen the circus on the TV or in a film or something like that. What do you see in the circus? What things do you see in the circus? Can you tell me? Animals, animals yeah, performing animals. What else do you see in the circus? Clowns. Clowns. They're my favorite. They're really funny, aren't they? With the big feet and the red nose and the funny clothes on and things like that. It sounds a bit like me. What else do you see? The ringmaster, that's right. He's the guy that he introduces everything and keeps the show going. An audience. An audience, that's right. How intelligent are you? (laughs) Then the circus, there is an audience. You are correct. Anything else? Anything else that happens in a circus that you see in a circus? Acrobats. Acrobats, that's right. And they're doing... Uh, things in the air. What else, anything else you would see in the circus? How about the audience at the back, the adults? Jugglers, Jugglers, just shout out. Trapeze Trapeze artists, yes, all these kind of things. So I have brought with me today my circus coloring book so I can show you my favorite pictures of the circus. Is that okay for I show you this? I like coloring in. Do you like coloring Yes. So here we go. Here are all my favorite pictures of the circus. You like that? Icologist, which in the schools they call to me, uh, they refer to me as a brain coach. So I coach people's brains. That's what I do. And some people say, Stephen, I think you can read my mind. You think I can read minds? No. Kind of. Maybe, tell you what we're gonna do this morning. I want you to picture, I want you to close your eyes and picture in your head something from the circus. Can you do that? So remember what's in the circus, we've got the ringmaster, we've got the clowns, we've got the animals like seals and lions, we've got trapeze artists, we've got acrobats, we've got jugglers. So you close your eyes and picture that in your head and I'm gonna see if I can see what you're seeing and I'm going to draw it on this book. And I concentrate really hard. So you concentrate really hard in the picture. I will concentrate really hard on the picture. They look like I'm concentrating hard? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, see if I can see those pictures. Okay, I think I've got it. I think I've got it. Let's see. Let's see if I've got any pictures here. Oh, look at that we've got some black and white pictures here which shows that not everybody was concentrating really hard because the picture should really be in color it is a coloring book after all isn't it so let's try this one more time let's see if the adults can give us a hand here you guys had some pretty good answers some of you have been to the circus some of you have been in the circus no i didn't okay everybody close your eyes everybody close your eyes picture something from the circus And give it all your concentration. Try really, really hard. I can see not everybody's closing their eyes. Everybody, concentrate real hard. Real hard. I'm going to concentrate real hard. Right, just give me 10 seconds. I breathe really hard when I'm concentrating really hard. Can you hear that in the sound system? Okay, let's see. If I've got the color pictures this time. You ready for this? Here's hoping, eh? Here's hoping. Oh, wow. Everybody is concentrated really hard there. That's awesome. Look at that. We've got elephants and tigers. We've got clowns. We've got more clowns and another clown and a ringmaster and more clowns again and animals with seals and elephants. This is brilliant. Well done, everybody. That is awesome. Now, there is a point to all of this, (laughs) believe it or not. Life is a bit like a coloring book, like this coloring book. When you start off and there are blank pages, when everybody's born, they have a blank page. When you're born, you've got no memories, no past, no history, and everything in life is right before you. And as you travel through life, and you make your decisions, and you you pick what friends you're going to have, and you find out what you like and what you don't like, maybe you like coloring then life starts to take a little bit of shape. And things start to look a little bit differently. You can see some of the shape of what your life's going to look like. But that's not the complete picture. The black and white is never the complete picture. And life is not complete without Jesus. Without a relationship with Jesus, life is pretty dull. But when Jesus comes into your life, when you have that friendship with Jesus, he brings joy and beauty and color. And things look amazing. He brings purpose. The purpose of the coloring book is to have lots of color and see beautiful pictures and beautiful things. And that is the purpose of life. God created us and gave us this life to have joy and beauty and purpose and have a friendship with Jesus. That's what life's all about. And when you have that, life looks great. So thank you for your help and your assistance. You can go back to your seat now. You guys were awesome. Thank you. Did you like that? That was all right. That was all right, wasn't it? That was all right. So, today's passage we're going to look at is in Luke's Gospel. Luke chapter 23, our passage today. Luke 23 and reading from verse 32. And I'm going to read here from the NIV version. Luke 23, reading from verse 32. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with them to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified them, along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you're under the same sentence. We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered them, I tell you the truth. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. Amen. Three characters in this story. This passage from scripture. I am fascinated by these three characters. Fascinated. Fascinated that we're going to be talking about three criminals. After today's service, I'm going up to Schott's Prison to preach up there. And I'm going to be preaching on this passage about three convicted criminals. An angry criminal, a repentant criminal, and an innocent man. I think God teaches us a lot through these three characters. The first guy, thief number one, we're going to call him, is a very angry man. I would even guess that he's been angry his whole life, disappointed by life. My goodness, he's been pushed down the wrong path. He's become a thief, a criminal. He's crossed the line. And he joins in with the rest of the crowd. This guy's dying on a cross, and he joins in with the rest of the crowd who are mocking Jesus. I think this guy represents the majority of the people in the world, the lost. They join in with the crowds. Whatever the crowd's doing, they'll do. And the crowd says, let's take the mickey out of this guy. Let's, let's make fun of him. And the world kind of does that just now with God. I've heard some incredible terms from the atheist people that refer to God as the invisible sky daddy. You ever heard that one? That's kind of weird, isn't it? Horrible. Yeah. It's a a mistruth, an untruth. And here they are, the rulers of the world at the time in front of Jesus as he's dying, taking the mick out of him. Come on, if you're the God, save yourself. If you're the one Show us. And the whole world kind of says this as well. If you are God, prove it. Prove it. Show me something. Win me over. How about those miracles you talked about? Those miracles. Let's see one. Prove it. Sometimes as Christians, we can be like this with God in our relationship. Come on, God. It's your turn to show up. I've got something really horrendous happening in life You need to turn up. You need to give me a miracle. You need to turn this around. Prove yourself. A lot of Christians go into their faith looking for miracles. Some Christians are pulled into or people are brought into Christianity for the wrong reasons. They're pulled in because they're looking for prosperity and the miraculous. People sell the prosperity gospel. If you give, God will give you more back. If you do this, God will bless you abundantly. And some people are drawn into that. I really want that abundant blessing. I really want that. I want the big house, the big car, the fancy clothes. I want to be somebody. Maybe I need money to do that. That's the way of the world. That's a nonsense. It's a deceit. The number one thing about being a Christian is we've got to spend time with God. The creator of the universe, the one who flung the stars into space, the one that created this world, the one that gave us life, the one that is love. Prove yourself. I had a discussion with a guy this year who said that um, he liked the stories of Jesus, but he would never become a Christian until he had that Damascus Road experience, till God showed up and proved himself. So he's read the truth. He knows the truth. He likes the truth. But he's not going to take that final step of faith until something amazing happens. Thief number two is a different character. He rebukes thief number one. He realizes, you know what? We deserve to be up here. Think about what we've done. We've done some terrible, terrible things. And we are being punished justly. We deserve this. But this guy, Jesus, he's never done a thing wrong. We don't deserve, he doesn't deserve this. But we deserve it. He is humble. He is repentant. But one of the greatest moments of the gospel happens in this dialogue between thief number two and jesus thief number two recognizing the truth not following the crowd recognizing that jesus is innocent that jesus is the one dying on a cross a horrible death he reaches out to jesus and says lord will you remember me when you go to your kingdom this guy's got nothing to offer. It's a feeble plea from a dying man, a convicted criminal. And he reaches out to Jesus. Jesus' response is phenomenal. I wish Jesus had actually responded to the first guy when the first guy says, prove yourself, save us. And if Jesus did say something, he would say something along the lines of this. That's exactly what I'm doing, genius. Genius. I'm saving you right now. I'm saving you. I'm taking the punishment for your sins. I'm paying the way. I'm paying the price for you. You're gonna be forgiven if you accept us. I'm doing it right now. But he doesn't say that. But to thief number two, who from the heart cries out to Jesus, will you, please will you remember me when you go into your kingdom? Jesus says this, today, today, not, not once you've proved yourself to me, not once you've earned your salvation, this guy's dying on a cross, he's hours away from death, he can't do anything, he's stuck there, he's literally nailed to that position, there is nothing he can do to earn his salvation He is repenting right there on the cross. He's just saying, I realize I've got things wrong. I've done things wrong. I deserve to be here. I deserve this punishment. But will you please, Lord, remember me in your kingdom? He's got nothing to offer. He cannot go out and do charitable work. He cannot go and prove himself. He can't rack up a hundred or a thousand church attendances. He can't put in hours and hours of prayer. He can't read the Bible from front cover to back cover. He can't give all his money to the poor. He can't do any of that. He cannot earn his salvation. He's got nothing to offer. There is nothing this guy can do. Zero. Nothing. But what does Jesus say? Today. Today. Today you'll be with me. It's all about relationship, folks. It is all about relationship. This is what it's all about. Church is all about one thing, our relationship with God, your salvation. It is freely given. It's done. We cannot do a thing to earn our salvation. Jesus has done it all. He's done everything that is needed to pay the price for our sin. To give us forgiveness complete forgiveness today you'll be with me in paradise we're going to have a relationship That's what he says to the guy for all eternity for all time you and me we're going to be buddies isn't that awesome isn't that awesome it doesn't make sense to us from a worldly viewpoint this guy doesn't deserve that He doesn't deserve forgiveness, neither do we, neither do I, I don't deserve forgiveness, I can't earn my forgiveness from God, but God does not work in the way that we work, God is different, his ways are higher than our ways. Bible says in 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 that God lavishes his love upon us, the word that Steve gave at the start of the service today about this cup overflowing, that's lavish. It's more than is needed. It's more, it's overflowing. I love this term, lavish, and how God is, God's love towards us is lavish. It's more than we expect. It's more than we deserve. It is lavish. He keeps on giving and giving and giving and giving. Doesn't matter what we do. He keeps on loving us more and more and more and more and more. Non-stop, unconditional, complete love. How amazing is that? And in Ephesians chapter one, verse seven, it says that God lavishes his grace upon us. His love for us is lavish. His grace for us is lavish. More than we deserve. More than we could expect. Jesus on a cross, speaking to a criminal dying beside him. That criminal had no right to expect a positive response from Jesus. But Jesus freely says, you know what? Today, I'm forgiving you. You're going to be with me in paradise. Phenomenal. So today when I go to Shorts Prison, and here's hoping I get back out, eh? <laughs> I'm going to be sharing this passage with them. There's a passage in Psalm 103, Psalm 103, reading from verse 8. I love these words. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will He harbor His anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His love for those who fear him, for those who respect him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him and those who respect him. So I'm gonna be saying to these guys in Shorts Prison today, when God looks at you, a room full of convicted criminals, I'm not gonna use that terminology with them today, they don't need me to tell them that they're a convicted criminal. Oh my goodness! I've got to see some of these guys. Uh, I spent some time with them recently. Some of them, they look like the stereotypical cartoon version of a criminal: the shaved head, the tattoos, the scars, the missing teeth, that look in their eye that just say the wrong thing, and they're ready to rumble. They don't need me to tell them they're convicted criminals. But when God looks at them, if they accept Jesus' sacrifice, God looks at them and sees no record of wrong. As far as the east is from the west, he has removed their transgressions, their sins from them. So if you're looking at the east, am I looking at the east here? It's behind you. This is part of my time. (laughs) If I'm looking at the east and God's looking at me, I'm over there and he's taking my sins and he's putting them over there. I'm looking that way. You can't see that way. As far as the east is from the west, so when he looks at these guys, when he looks at me, he sees no record of wrong. He doesn't see a sinner. He sees a redeemed child of God. That is the good news. I did not earn my salvation. I accepted Jesus' free gift for the punishment for all my sins, for all my wrongdoings. He has taken them. He has wiped the slate clean like the coloring book with the blank page. There's nothing there. There is no blemish on my record. I am redeemed, as are these guys. The whole world points to them and says, you're a criminal, you are a criminal. These guys talk about when they get out, they're gonna struggle to get a job because people see them as a criminal, someone who cannot be trusted, a broken person. God does not look at them that way. God does not look at us that way. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's an interesting story. When, When I first went to, To Schott's prison. It was only January, and I was invited to go and uh, speak at their church cafe. I thought, ah, that'd be a good thing to do. The Bible tells us we should go into prisons. You know, Jesus says it in Matthew. When I was in prison, did you come and visit me? And I thought, well, I better tick that box. That's great. So I did. I really enjoyed it. And then the chaplain from the prison said, Stephen, I've heard a lot about your motivational stuff. Would you come and do a motivational class? Like a series of classes over a period of weeks with these guys. I thought, oh my goodness, I've not got time for this. Being honest, that was my initial reaction. I am too busy. I do not have time for this. I'll give you my second reaction, and this is just being completely open and honest. Shows how flawed I am. If I do spend time with these guys and God does something in their life, they can't come and do anything in our church. They can't give to our church. I would rather give my time that's gonna help build up my church that I'm part of. Wow, that attitude's wrong. It is so wrong. And I prayed, Lord, I've been invited to go and speak and do these motivational things. You're in charge of my time. What do you want me to do? And God does speak through a still small voice. The Bible talks about it. And I believe God spoke to me and said, I want you to do this. I've not got time for this I'm too busy so I grudgingly decided to go and do these motivational classes and it was amazing absolutely amazing every time I was in the prison I felt God speaking to me about his grace and his love I'm standing speaking doing the motivational stuff and I hear the still small voice sharing those words from Psalm 103 you know when I look at these guys Stephen I don't see their sin when I look at you I don't see your sin and I'm feeling God's grace and then the final week I was there I'd been telling it's fantastic less than than a third of the guys I believe is what the chaplain said of the guys that came to the motivational classes were Christians less than a third and yet through the motivational classes the questions that were going on the classes were pretty long because the way that the prison works is the prisoners get out of their cell just after breakfast they get brought to one part of the prison they've got to stay there till lunchtime so I've had these guys for three hours. Um, they can't just, like, class is finished after 90 minutes, away you go. They've got to wait for the guards to come back and take them back to their, their cells. So we're stuck for three hours. So I'm saying to the guys, any questions? So for an hour and a half, we get questions at the end of the class. And most of the questions are faith-related questions. I thought, oh, I'm really surprised. There's some brilliant questions. One guy asked, he says, see how... And these guys are dead honest, it's brilliant. I love what an audience. There is no hidden agenda with these guys. They just see it as they say it as they see it. One guy says, see how the Roman guys tried to kill Christians for a long time? Am I right in saying that? I say, aye, it was for like three centuries they tried to kill the Christians, to get rid of Christianity. How come then there's like a Roman Catholic church now? And that's kind of Italian, is it now? I thought, oh, that's a great question, aye. Um, and of, you know, the answer is that God turned up in, in the, the room of Constantine, who was about to be emperor, and said, I want you to conquer the world by this sign. It was the cross. And he became a Christian. Interesting questions. And then on the final, uh, the second last time I was in there, I was sharing them the story. Um, last time I preached here, I shared the story about a guy called Tony Campolo, a speaker who went to Hawaii. And they had jet lag, and uh, in the middle of the night, they went for a cup of coffee and a donut, and they went into the wrong place, or he's described it as the wrong place, and the place was full of ladies of the night. And they ended up through a birthday party for one of the ladies of the night the next night. um, And uh, it was a God moment, it was showing God's love for this woman. I shared that story with these guys, and one of the guys says, That's a great story, Stephen when are you going to bring us a cake? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was driving home from the prison, this still small voice started speaking to me and said, take these guys a donut next time you go in. So I thought, okay, I'll go to Asda's and I'll get donuts. And the still small voice says, no, no, what are you taking them rubbish donuts for? What's your favorite donuts? And I says, well, crispy creme." I said, right, I'll go and get, I'll go and get the, the, the glazed dozen. I'll get so many, there'll be, like four dozen? Four dozen of the glazed donuts. And the small voice says, no, no, what's your favorite Krispy Kreme donuts? And I says well, it's the mixed ones. I like the lotus one with the caramel in it. What are you getting them the middle-of-the-range donuts for? So, all right, okay. So I actually contacted the prison and says, can I bring donuts in for these guys? I've contacted the chaplain. He says, we need to get security clearance for these donuts, so it did, I had to wait a week for the, for the it's not the commandant, the guy that's the head of the prison, he had to give it in writing to say he's happy for four dozen Krispy Kreme donuts to come into the place, they got scanned as well, they got scanned, they went through the scanners, just in case I'd put like a file inside some of them, or something, how mental is that? So we're having these, I brought these donuts and they, I brought green tea as well. I had to get security clearance for green tea. I was talking about green tea and how amazing green tea is for your brain. So, and they can't get it in the prison. So I brought green tea and got security clearance for that. And honestly, I was talking about how heaven is like a party. Heaven is like a party. It's a celebration of great joy. And I will take to my grave the picture of the guys and their faces eating these Krispy Kreme donuts, drinking the green tea, saying, oh, Stephen, these are the best donuts I've ever had in my life, man. <laughs> it was, oh, brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Phenomenal moment of great joy. There was a real party and a celebration. And as these guys are eating the donuts, this still small voice speaks to me and shows me three of the guys and says, I'm working on these three guys. I want you to spend time with them individually. I'm a bit busy for that. But if if it's really you speaking, Lord, they'll come and speak to me about it. Okay. Sure enough, after the donuts, as they're wiping donuts off their face, they come up, first guy comes up, first guy that God assured me and says, Stephen, I, I really want to be a Christian. I want to talk to you about it. But no here. We need to do it one-to-one. I said, of course I'll do that. So I've been to see him, this guy's a Christian. Number two, guy comes up to me and he says, you know, I've never been to church until I was in prison. He says, I'm an innocent man, I've been wrongly convicted. And I kind of laugh and he says, ah. <laughs> Everybody must be like that in here. And he says, no, no, no. Um, he says, I'm an innocent man. Uh, I've looked at his case, I believe he's right. It's a property thing. Anyway, he said, I've never been to church before I came in here. He said, I find such a comfort and a peace coming to church. I would really like to speak to you about that and about a relationship with Jesus. Can we do that one-to-one sometime? Of course we can. Third guy is Mr. Angry. So just the three guys we're talking about today An innocent man, a repentant man. First guy is repentant. I deserve to be in here, Stephen. I realize I'm a sinner. I need saved. Third guy is Mr. Angry. And I'm doing my final talk with the guys. And this guy, I've watched him eat three of the donuts. (laughs) 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 Mr. Angry. And I'm merely talking about something and he stands up at the back of the room and he starts shouting at me, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? I said, I'm doing this because God loves you. I'm here because God loves you as much as he loves me. He loves you with a complete love that you've never experienced in your life before. And if you reach out to him in faith, he will not turn you away. He will embrace you with open arms and he will help you fulfill your full potential in life. Because he designed your life, he made your life for the purpose, and he will redeem you. He will wipe all your record away and he will give you a glorious, wonderful life for you are ecstatically, joyously happy to be alive. And the guy started greeting. And he kicked over his chair and he stormed out and went to the toilet. And he came back 20 minutes later and says, I want to speak to you, but I want to do it one-to-one. Three guys. The angry man, the repentant man, the innocent man. And I'm going to see them this afternoon. God loves all of them. What is stopping you from having a full relationship with God? Because the Bible tells us, Romans chapter 8, There is nothing that separates us from the love of God, nothing. You are the only barrier that's stopping you from having a full relationship with Jesus. He has come to bind up the brokenhearted. He has come to set you free from the guilt, the sin, the shame, that negative image you have of yourself at times. You can be free of all of that by fully embracing the grace and the love and the mercy, and the joy that is Jesus. In life, we hold back. In church, we hold back. In our faith, we kind of compartmentalize our faith in our life sometimes. Don't hold back in your relationship with God. He doesn't want you to hold back. He wants to be there with you 100%. And through that comes some of the amazing stuff where you see the miracles and you experience the prosperity, there is no prosperity greater than having a full relationship with Jesus Christ and feeling his power and his strength within you and have him work through you. I love that. I went to that prison reluctantly. I didn't even want to be here. I'm not sure I want to spend time with these guys. They look like they want to kill me. (laughs) Some of the best times I've had this year have been with these guys. I don't know their crimes. I don't want to know their crimes. I want to see them through God's eyes. There is no blemish against them, they're just guys. And God is wanting to change their lives and redeem them and give them purpose and joy and fulfillment and forgive them. And he wants to do the same with you. Sometimes we get too familiar on the journey and the relationship loses some of its joy. Why not today turn back to Jesus and say, I'm sorry for everything I've done. I just want to be closer to you. I want to experience more joy. I want to experience the healing that only you can bring. I want to be an agent for you and for your kingdom in this world where you can work through me and bring joy to others. Let's pray right now. Father, we are eternally grateful for your grace, your mercy, your love, your compassion, your forgiveness, your pursuit of us, your desire to be in relationship with us. Father, we can never earn that which you give to us, but we accept it. Lord, if there's any barrier in our lives that's stopping us from having that full relationship with you whether it's attitude whether it's guilt whether it's priorities Lord we ask that you would highlight that barrier we ask that you would remove that barrier help us Lord just to trust you and take steps of faith to walk life with you hand in hand and feeling your compassion your love, your grace, your mercy your support, your power, your joy help us Lord to just enjoy you In Jesus' name, for your glory, amen.